0: Hey, Green Future Growers! Welcome to Season 3. I'm your host, Jackie Marie Beyer. If you're new to the show, I hope you'll subscribe on iTunes for free or follow on your favorite podcast app. And let's get growing! Hey, everyone! This is Jackie Marie Beyer, your host, here to help inspire you on your journey to create, grow, and enjoy a green, organic oasis. So let's get growing. Welcome to the Green Organic Garden. It is Tuesday, September 28th, 2021. And I am super excited because you guys have heard me talk a lot this year about wanting to start my own kind of salad lunch club. And I have a guest on today that is going to talk to you about their business where they have taken this to a whole another level and they are bringing it to you nationally so from prep to your door here today is Fayez reina so welcome to the show Fayez. am i saying Hi. that right
1: it's faez but thank Fies. you for having me i'm excited to be here
0: uh well um go ahead and tell us that i didn't we didn't even out like where are you located
1: yeah i'm in uh i'm in austin texas that's where we're headquartered
0: Oh, so Um, interesting! Austin, Texas. Okay, it's a
1: perfect city to do what we do. We have a bunch of small organic farmers around here, so you know there's no shortage of amazing organic fruits and veggies for us to use.
0: Awesome! Well, I always start my show asking about your very first garden. Like, do you actually garden yourself (laughs) at all? I am
1: a designated garden waterer at our headquarters but i am not the gardener myself i'm sorry can you hear the jars clanking in the back
0: i can but i like that sound
1: okay <laughs> uh luckily our chef is an amazing gardener and then we have some teammates that are far better at it than i am but i am the person who waters it every day it's my therapy <laughs>
0: <laughs> cool Well, I used to always say I'm the organic eater and my husband was really the gardener. But now that I am going on almost, it'll be seven years in January of my podcast. And the last two years, especially with the pandemic, I've really picked up the gardening. Like I grew a lot of food this year and I ended up starting like a kind of a business this summer called Local Organic Lawn Care, where my goal was to mow people's lawns. Just I thought, oh it'll get me out of the house. And I love to mow lawns. And then one person asked me to like help her plant her greenhouse and do her landscape. And it's kind of morphed into that. And then she's still not moved into her house. So her food is actually growing in my garden. And I ended up growing corn. And um, what else did I grow for her? Peppers, tomatoes, Cucumbers like things that I had never grown before lettuce and well I've always kind of grown the lettuce I grow a lot of herbs, but my husband grows like enough food for us like I pretty much skip the produce aisle from almost June through last year It was through almost January. This wow. year we're out of something. So I've had to, and I almost always have to buy our fruit, but cause we are in Northwest Montana, if you didn't know. Uh, but um, it's interesting because last spring, I keep bugging my stepdaughter to start like a food truck with us. Cause last year, cause we grew like a ton of t- potatoes. And I thought, oh, we could make French fries, you know, farm to guard or what is it? Farm to table, whatever, you know, we could sell the pr- some of the extra produce, my husband And I found this guy and he he had a food truck and I asked him to come on. And he was like, no, Jackie, what you should do is start this salad lunch club where you make salads for people. And like you, they order them on Thursday. So there's no waste. You put them together. And then you deliver them on Monday. And I ended up like not doing that, but I started making the salads for myself in my fridge. And I just loved that. And so seeing that you're doing this nationally and, and, and just like, like it never occurred to me, I don't know. Anyway, I had some issues with it. So I never, it never, I never went that route or it never took off, but I'm so curious. So tell us about, What you guys have going and how this is working and, and how you're like, you're like delivering glass jars to people.
1: Yeah. What you just, the the story you just told is quite literally exactly how we started. Um, It was, it was this concept of, okay, so if we prepare meals on Friday, Saturday, we can deliver them on Sunday, you know, organic plant-based completely real meals and you know originally when it was only three five ten customers it was doable out out of our our studio kitchen at home um but, but over time as more people got involved the layers of complexity you know uh started to pile up so it became a much it became a real business. Um, but I totally have an idealistic vision of the future where we no longer have grass in our lawns. Like, I, I wish for a future where everybody's front and backyard is a garden instead of grass, because I don't really see the value in grass other than aesthetics. But if we see, get all right, I have
0: been garden. arguing with somebody about this for like since she came to my house a year and a half ago because we take the lawn that we mow at our house and put it in the like that is like a huge component of our compost. And like oh, that's good. I feel that's like good. without the lawn, we, our compost like suffers and then we're in the woods and like the lawn is literally firebreak, So I like, I I do understand the vision of like food and lawns but I also feel there's a certain value in lawn and like people who have like kids that play soccer on their lawn or I don't know I anyway. I don't dis,
1: I don't disagree with that I think um But
0: we could definitely have more gardens less lawn space you know and the way we take care of our lawns could be usually different
1: Yeah I well so some you know when I would be doing deliveries around uh-huh. Austin mm-hmm. I would you know just be driving through neighborhoods and neighborhoods and neighborhoods and I would just I would see all these see all these lawns yes. which is fine but I just had this visual in my head I'm like man even if one out of every five of these was a garden it could transform the health of these neighborhoods
0: yes yes and and the way like I said the way people and that's funny because that's kind of how my thing turned out like I found out I have this huge knowledge base in how to take care of because we don't really like we don't waste water watering our lawn and it does turn brown in um the summer and just like people could like I find myself driving through our town the same way and I'm like oh if they would put some perennials there and they would put a pollinator border here and they could do this and they could do that and they could put a shade tree that would keep this part of the lawn growing and and definitely we could have way more food growing gardens backyard gardens front yard gardens like you can have lawn and food I think
1: I'm curious what you think about this so I kind of have a theory that, you know, we live in a super convenience driven culture right now because everybody has different things that are important to them that they want to spend time on. And I think that there's a certain subset of the culture, perhaps like you and I that would take the time to cultivate our own gardens. But I think there's a much larger population that would love to have a home garden but is not going to go through the effort of learning, um, how
0: to set it up and potentially even maintain it. And so, yeah, I it's that- a huge, it's a huge. And the other thing I talk about a lot on my show is the difference between having, um, a yard and a garden. And like, we call it like an organic oasis. My husband, and I wrote a book called the organic oasis guidebook and then growing vegetables, like growing vegetables or a whole other learning curve. And so even if you're growing herbs or flowers for pollinators and bees, your flowers can pollinate, you know, those insects and beneficial insects can help the person who is growing the vegetables because that does take a certain amount of commitment and, and, and knowledge and, and time that a lot of people like, during the summer, there's a lot of days where I won't even see the garden for five days and I have all to do to water it and forget like trying to take care of it and do all that stuff. And some people just aren't gonna have the time. So there could be other people in it, you know, there could be like one person on the block that's maybe growing the vegetables more, but I still feel like that grass can help fill the compost for people or like the leaves like right now we don't have a lot of leaf trees so we're like looking for leaves to put in our compost like I just feel like we never have enough compost my husband and I were like we like literally fight over the compost at our house <laughs> like what bed is it going to go in and and like he finally like one year he was like it's got the vegetables are a priority for getting the compost because I built like some new flower beds and he was like yeah you can use that compost but he didn't realize that's where I was going to put them and he was and it kind of like he's like but I was waiting to put that on the carrots or whatever and and so I just feel like I don't know I took this video one day of me like mowing the lawn and then putting the greens into the grass clippings into the compost with like the vegetable scraps and stuff and but um I forgot where I was going anyway
1: the that va- you're you're still challenging my original statement of no value in lawns and you've already convinced me otherwise
0: <laughs> changed my mind. it's funny because this was this friend of mine and I have just been kind of going back and forth because like it was funny the day she came to her house I just felt like she went home and like it kept her you know how there was like what keeps you up at night what keeps your ideal you know client up at night and I know it kept it's still keeping her up at night <laughs> all the lawn at my house <laughs> Because <laughs> she hates that, like, you know, like, I have this, like, gas lawnmower, and I'm mowing the lawn. And she's like, you could have that space put into vegetables and this and that. And, mm. and then I've been, like, on this struggle to, like, try to turn the lawn into garden beds but like we have like a water shortage at our house and so I have all to do to water the vegetable beds that I do have and like now trying to take this grass and turn it it's like more space that's water so it's almost actually taking water away from where I do have tomatoes growing and where I do have other things growing and it's just I like to say nothing of like the quack grass is growing like I put the cardboard down and I have put like the layers of compost on top of it and I've done all these things and the quack grass is still coming back and it's just like You know what that crack grass would like if I mow that, and and it's also it's like it's really hardy. Like it didn't die during our super hot July when Mm. like everything else was dying and just we had no water and just everything. And and but then we finally got some rain in August and it came back to life and now it's lush and so we are not as worried about fire, forest fire coming and burning my house down. I don't know anyway let's talk do you about know
1: what, you. Do you know what happens when uh people in the suburbs for example mow their lawn um it t- and and let's say you don't have composting in yeah your- well
0: that is totally a problem for sure and also like i've had plenty of guests come on and talk about the fact that like back that that uh, backyard yards and stuff have more chemicals and are putting more glyphosate and roundup and stuff on their lawns because they want the perfect like even my mom i hate those stupid little yellow flags that say don't walk on here for 24 hours that is like the bane of my existence like my mom walks her dog and her next door neighbor and like i don't know how many like every day in her little town in new york there are, you know, several lawns on the block. And so their little yellow flags are moving along. I want to create these little green flags that say no chemicals sprayed here. This is an organic lawn, you know, no pesticides and start like a thing like that because it is bad that they're putting those chemical. Like, I don't want to see that. I want to if, get rid of that.
1: If um, somebody who uses, let, let's just say, Roundup on their, on their lawn composts, um, compost that that grass, does that affect the comp? I'm sure it affects the compost?
0: Yes, yes. you don't want that in your compost.
1: And how would a a composting facility or business or service be able to distinguish between materials that have roundup on it and those that don't. Is that even possible?
0: well they would have to know who's mowing the water you know who's they would have to like know uh-huh. where no and like and on top of that the water supply in my mom's town is just like totally like uh it's just insane they have a huge problem with cancer on the whole like because she lives on long island and there's just a huge problem with their water supply i'm like and here are your neighbors like you know, spewing chem, where do they think? They think it really just evaporates after 24 hours that that's not going into your water supply. Like it just it drives me crazy. It drives her crazy. And just, I don't know. So yeah, if we could get more. And then it's so funny because the first chapter in our book is all about healthy soil and building compost. And like, she's like, I don't think you should start out that way. So many people hate composting. That would turn me off. And just, it's like, I don't understand to me, like composting is a, is like a clean garden job. Like I complain on my show a lot. Like I don't like to get soil in my feet my sandals and only like to get my jeans dirty like i have garden jeans but my jeans that i wear to work because i am an elementary school teacher by trade and so i don't want those jeans. when i come home at the end of the day i don't want those jeans that i get to wear on friday to get dirty or my school clothes if i go down to pick and then i end up down the garden anyway back to you because i my listeners frequently tell me i interrupt my guests too much and not to talk so much.
1: Well, I think you and I can agree that um, a a future that's completely organic is is better than what we have now, right?
0: Yes, completely. Totally. And just, uh, so I'm curious. So tell us about this business model. How does it work? So you have farms that you work with and then you're delivered. like, tell me about the glass jar thing. Cause like the biggest thing I couldn't figure out was like, what to do with the salad dressing and you guys are delivering full meal like all sorts of meals in these jars right it's not just salads
1: yeah so that was originally it's my my fiance and i were getting married in 40 days or something and but congratulations thank you when we started this business we were just like six months into our relationship um but one of her non-negotiables was that. She would not help me on this business if we used plastic. And
0: nice.
1: That uh, that was I was like, and then so my non-negotiable was, okay, we'll use the glass, but we will stop using it if it doesn't make financial sense. And so I think both of those things were really good um, sort of non-negotiables because as far as I can tell, we're the only company it forced us to, to develop this closed loop model. Um, that's not only zero waste, but it's profitable as well. And that to me has been one of the most important things to focus on because a lot of the sustainable brands that we see, um, they're not financially viable because they're putting you know the the values ahead of the finances which is kind of idealistic but things never reach scale with that sort of approach so it has to make sustainable sense and business sense at the same time and that's when we have real winners and so what we do is i mean you asked about the dressing that's part of the part of the reasons that our meals are able to stay fresh for so long is that you put the wet ingredients, the most liquidy wet ingredients at the bottom and then you put the driest ingredients at the top. So they're completely separated and they never touch. So if you have a salad with, you know, a dressing at the bottom, but mixed greens at the top and they're separated by layers of quinoa and beans and cherry tomatoes, the mixed greens never touch the dressing so the greens never get soggy, at least, you know, within the week that you're supposed to eat it. So,
0: it, it like amazed me at how long. So, I ended up making salad jars for me. I was amazed at how long they kept in my fridge for one. And then I actually also I just started working back in the house in this restaurant in town. And like one of the things I've learned there is they're like, we're constantly throwing the lettuce and the spinach away. Like their salad mix goes bad so fast, and I keep mm. like talking to the manager. I'm like, should really try this. Salad jar that you know the like I'm not sure how it would work for them, but yeah, well, salad it is goes bad
1: so quickly is because the the produce at the store is probably three weeks old.
0: Yep, and there's that point too. True.
1: So we're everything we most things we're buying at the grocery store, unless it's a farmer's market, where it's like on its final leg. So especially when it comes to greens, so that's why you know sourcing from local organic farms is so important to us because it's just better right if i if we're getting it a few days after it's been harvested rather than three weeks or four weeks later um, it's it's fresher it has more nutrition intact still and it just tastes better
0: i'm totally nodding my head
1: yeah it's, it's facts i'm you know part what one, one sort of a uh, fun vision in my head is the one i shared with you about all front yards having gardens uh, another one is that you know as much of i'll share a tagline that really irritates me when i see it which is when i see a restaurant or a big business market that they are organic and sourced locally whenever possible local when possible and i find that such a frustrating borderline greenwashing slogan, because in the business world, we all know that what you measure is what you improve. And so unless, so we actually measure every week, what percentage of our menu is locally sourced. And that's super important to us because that gives us benchmarks to slowly improve on. But if we, if we were just satisfied with saying like, yeah, we source locally whenever possible, then there really wouldn't be any goals for us to, uh, you know, do better at. And so that's something that we share with our customers. It's local is one of our core pillars because of the reasons I just shared with you about being better for your health and the environment, all the things that we know. But on the back end, the things that our customers don't really see is that we have real systems and processes and benchmarks in place so that You know, last year, 53 and a half percent of our menu was locally sourced where we want to do better than 53 and a half percent this year, and we have certain things in place so that we can do that. And next year, we want to do better And the year after that we want to do better. I, I always tell our team that for our company, we don't, we don't just want to maintain our sustainability as we grow. We want to get better at sustainability as we grow. It's like a never ending project to get uh better and better and reducing our impact and eventually you know some people will argue that sustainability isn't even a good goal right that's that's we we should have a goal of regeneration so you know if we take a a view of of being a regenerative business then we can we sort of have this infinite goal of getting continuously better forever and that's something that excites the hell out of me, because even though our product is organic, plant-based, real food, which is amazing for the customer, and our packaging is zero waste, and you don't throw a single thing away, and everything is reused, that's also great. But the truth of the matter is that all of our deliveries happen in uh, fossil fuel cars right now. So there's a point that we can improve. I already shared that 53.5% of our menu is locally sourced well how do we get to 55 you know so there's always things that we can improve and that's what really fires me and my team up so I, just, I i there's always that original challenge of like okay you start out this small niche company with all these sustainable values that are better for your customers and better for the planet but how do you quote unquote hold on to that as you grow well forget holding on to it how do we get better at it as we grow Right. To me, that's the real goal. And my hope is that that kind of becomes the new norm for everybody that starts a business from here on out. You know, we know the immense consequences that the last hundred years of business has had on our environment and fill in the blank. So I just think that we have a huge opportunity to really reconsider, rethink, re-approach how we approach how we approach business and and what business's role is in our communities and society and yeah that's
0: that's my ted talk but that's what we do <laughs> so you guys are based out of austin but is your company nash are you shipping things all around the country
1: never never we'll never ship um so right now we serve austin and houston we're bringing dallas and san antonio online and then we'll be expanding to the Pacific Northwest in California next. Um, so have, how's
0: how's that gonna work? Like you're like starting new facility. little shops facilities, like kind of like franchises?
1: Not franchises, um, but so we have our headquarters here in Austin, and out of this facility, we deliver to all the four major cities in Texas that I just named out of the same facility so basically you have like uh on sunday all our deliveries sunday monday all our deliveries go out and everybody in houston and austin get them at the same time so we just send a refrigerated truck filled with jars and bags down to houston and have delivery drivers meet that truck at different points and then they go and deliver and then they bring everything back and the truck comes back to austin so we can maintain that closed loop model, which wouldn't be possible if we were shipping in, in boxes or whatever um, nationally. And so you can think about it like some somewhere between, there's, there's an in-between between what Blue Apron does, which is shipped nationally, and what let's say Chipotle does, which is they have to have a new location in every neighborhood that they serve, right? So the in-between is what we do, which is we just need to put up one facility and we can serve a whole region. So, you know, the one facility we have here can serve the entirety of Texas. The one facility we put in PNW will serve, you know, Washington and Oregon, et cetera. And that, that prevents us from ever having to ship and we can continue using the glass jars because it's not just aesthetic and it's not even just zero waste. It like you said earlier, it maintains the freshness and prevents the oxidation of what's in the jar. So it's literally more fresh five days later.
0: It's amazing. I had no, I could not believe how long my salads would last. And like in the beginning, I thought, oh, tomatoes are gonna ruin it. The tomatoes didn't ruin it, the radishes didn't ruin it, the cucumbers, like but I never did put the salad dressing in the bottom of the jars. But what, see, what I was imagining was like, I was like, well, maybe I could like give them a separate jar of salad dress. Like my mind, my, my model was like, they were going to get five jars to last them the week on Monday. Like, I don't know why that's what I was thinking. Like, I didn't realize it was like, oh, you're just getting the one salad, um, a special fancy salad for you know so I would like my in my head I was like I was because I eat a salad every day for lunch and like when I'm in the classroom and like I it was just like it was such a game changer for me and I was amazed at how much salad a quart jar could hold and I would play with like different things that I would put in there and then I would make seven salads on Sunday now this was the one thing it did take me well over two hours to prep seven salads just for me and I like, couldn't figure out how this was going to scale. And like, what are, you guys are doing, like you do, like, like there's like breakfast and lunch and dinner all together. And then it comes in like a grocery bag. Like, is that right?
1: Yeah. It's, it's an insulate. it's an insulated reusable bag. So those come back as well. Um, Jackie, like four years ago, I would, <laughs> there was a point between there's always a point in a business where the founders are doing everything before you can really afford to hire other people. Right, And it was like, I would start on Friday, I would cook through the night, all day, Saturday through the night, Sunday, like jar everything and then go do all the deliveries and come back Sunday night, like a walking zombie. And it was, it was truly unsustainable and unhealthy, but that's just like that was the process the business had to go through before eventually we could hire people and now we have a whole team that uh you know i don't even they laugh at me if i'm in the kitchen they're like what are you doing here <laughs> I'm like you don't even know man i've put every one of these damn meals before <laughs> but it's just the natural evolution that it has to go through but i think i mean i would love to help you uh think this through if you actually want to launch your 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 salad club, I think, I, I personally think you have to sort of think about it's a completely different animal between, you know, do you want to serve five or 10 people every week? Is it something you want to do for 100 people, 1000 people? And all of those, if you can get clear about what you want, then um, you know, you can kind of set boundaries and design the process for that. For me, it was always like I wanted, I wanted, I wanted to serve as many people that that want this as possible without ever reducing the quality. But if we had stayed with you know five or ten people to use the extras from our garden, I, I don't think it, it would have become as all-consuming as it as it has.
0: Yeah, I don't know what I want to do. <laughs> I kind of like this landscaping thing that I've kind of stumbled on because it. I've never felt so confident in anything I think I've done in my life as I have giving this woman advice on what she should be, you know, planning in her landscape. And I think that's where I'm going to end up going. I don't think I'm going to ever do this. Like, I've thought about like helping the woman at the kitchen that I'm working for, like maybe to help them, like maybe pick up some business during the winter. Cause like I post on a Facebook group, I was like, well, if I started this, you know, lunch club, would people be interested? And one person, she was like, you know, my husband does construction and they would love it if you, you know, got a food truck and brought the food truck to their construction site once a week and stuff like that. But, I like I said, it never took off. We were like, you know, I never, I don't know, but I'm, I think I'm going to end up going the landscape type model and focus on helping people with their, it's going to be like local organic landscape and helping people. Mm. Do the things like you were talking about like you know have better because I find myself like driving through town looking at people's yards and be like oh if this person would just do this and this person would just do that and. Like I said, my husband I built that wrote that organic oasis guidebook but i am i'm i'm so curious about it cuz i love this model and i love like getting rid of the i hate buying those stupid plastic containers of spinach or salad you know mix because like it's funny like i keep telling my husband like why don't we have more lettuce growing like because i have harvested like arugula up in through december in the snow before for thanksgiving like i have harvested i have really good lettuce growing in these tubs for this woman <laughs> Outside right now, when I pick it and I bring it to her, and like I don't even eat it because I'm like, well, you know, she paid me to grow it for her, so it's her lettuce. (laughs) And I don't even have any lettuce growing for me in my garden right now. And I like, but I get now I get like a free shift meal, so I eat my salad at work anyway. Plus, they're constantly sending me home lettuce that we can't really serve to customers that are paying like ten or twelve dollars for this fancy salad. But like, I don't care if the ends are a little brown, (laughs) so I eat it. So.
1: So anyway,
0: but do you think that? Go ahead. No, you ask your question.
1: I was gonna ask, like, do you think that? Um, well, where do you buy? Do you just buy your produce from the store in the months that you can't grow what you want to eat?
0: Yeah, because I like it's funny. Like one of the first when I first started my podcast or anything, I was like listening to this other podcast. The what is it? The this I don't know. They stopped some kind of coop cast but anyway they were talking about doing a csa and i was like i am not a good csa customer i barely make it to the farmer's market in our town not that our farmer's market in our town even has like they finally have a table with vegetables mostly it's like arts and crafts like we don't have a lot of local um food here where i live in my little town there are some thriving farmer's markets like 45 to 65 minutes away but just like having to be somewhere at one time just is not different. Like, I just want to be able to go to the store. They did start this new little thing called the farm stand where like different farmers places, like that's open during the week. Um, It's still a 45 minute drive for me um, that I've been going to. They have like these really cool chef salads that I like. They're like a vegan chef that have like kale and, um i don't know they put like cashews on it and some different salads that's pretty nice but anyway i forgot what you you were asking but yeah for the most part i'm buying my salad at the store and like red leaf and green leaf lettuce even though i would choose them they just i don't know they're always so wet and
1: (laughs) how many months out of the year do you have to buy it from the store
0: Me, I buy lettuce almost all year round because for some reason, like, I don't really grow a lot of lettuce. Like, what did I have this year? Mike had a whole bunch of lettuce come back, uh, like, volunteers that I ate all through June. And some year, we've had a really, I really like the black-seeded Simpson lettuce, and we've had a hard time getting it to germinate lately. Like, my black-seeded Simpson lettuce is just not done well. There's some years where I will get a good crop to grow and I can pick that for me, but I, we're usually better off with like things like chard, my kale this year. Oh my goodness. So I went through the whole thing of like covering it with row cover. So it wouldn't get the bug holes in it, but then the plants never really took off. I didn't do good with my kale. My Swiss chard was a total bomb this year. Um, And my lettuce, again, I pretty much had to buy lettuce except for like one month in June the other 11 months of the year i do have a good plot of arugula i've had some good arugula this year hmm. but otherwise nope i'm like buying those stupid either clam shells or you know even if i buy the red leaf or green i finally did start buying those like cloth plastic or cloth produce bags so i'm not having to get the plastic bags as much but that was i, I
1: was looking i was looking at your interview questions before and, and one of them was uh, a little tip that everybody could, you know, practice to, to maybe be more sustainable or something. And that was literally going to be mine, is that I remember when my fiance, when we first started going grocery shopping together, she would just put the produce straight into the basket and she wouldn't use the plastic, um, you know, things that you pull out. And I was like, what? I was like, that's disgusting. You're just putting, you're putting it straight in the cart. Um, but yeah, that's exactly what I do now. We just wash it when we get home. And now whenever I go grocery shopping with somebody in my family or friends and, and they pull out that little plastic thing to put their head of, head of lettuce or their few tomatoes in or jalapenos in, I'm just like, Hey, you know, you don't need to, do that. Ugh, right? <laughs> you don't, you don't have to do that. Just put it in the cart. <laughs>
0: Oh, it drives me crazy. And then like, so now in New York, when I just went to New York this spring, I noticed like they have a new thing in New York where you have to buy, I don't even know if they have plastic bags in the grocery store. Everybody's finally bringing, like I've been in Montana for 30 years now. I moved here in 1988 and um, I've been using Recycle, you know, cloth grocery bags ever since then. And mm. like when I would go to New York, my mom would, oh, I left them in the trunk or whatever. She'd always have all these excuses. Well, finally, now New York made it where like you either have to buy those grocery bags if you get a plastic bag, whatever. My mother and my brother are finally using the recycle bags. But I noticed in the produce aisle, people are pulling out those plastic produce bags. Like oh. there's just no tomorrow. I'm just like, oh my God, like what are you doing you know and just and but the one thing that she would argue with me about is like and i see that even here sometimes you know how they like have the spray in the produce aisle on like the lettuce and the cilantro and stuff then the person like at the counter at the grocery store when they're like putting your their thing gets wet and then they're wasting paper towels drying off their little scanner thing do you have that problem
1: that sounds like a solvable problem to me
0: Yeah. But you know what? Do you work? Like now they have like special produce produce cloth bags that you can wash that seem to work really good, but they're not that easy to find. But I've been finding them a little bit more. And those are really nice. That are like a cloth produce bag that goes in your reusable grocery bag.
1: I got a little fun stat for you. Guess how many plastic shopping bags we go through a year in the u.s
0: oh my gosh millions billions too many disgusting
1: a hundred million
0: <laughs> i'm just shaking my, my head
1: ugly?
0: like and and those they're
1: just they're just and sick. where
0: do they end up in single-use plastic grocery i can't stand them they'll just end up in
1: some landfill or some waterway or, the or
0: some turtle's belly or some, some animals belly. they They're like
1: all going somewhere
0: what do they say now we all eat like a credit card's worth of plastic you know tiny little micro cut plastic like every human's eating that because it's just getting in so much of our water systems and everything
1: yeah it's it's terrifying i i think like this plastic problem it's it's so out of sight out of mind just because we throw it away and
0: we never see it pile up that know. So you have it like, how is the glass like jar? So how does your thing work? Like, so people get a glass quart jar with their meal in it. And then what happened? Like the next week you pick it up and you deliver it right to their house. Like, tell us your whole, like the whole thing.
1: Yeah. I mean, you order a, a, it's a subscription. So, you know, you can order five to 20 plus meals.
0: So they go to, what is it? It's preptoyourdoor.com yep, prep to your and they look at the menu and do they like order, is there like a plan, like a minimum, like you get seven days or something or a day or like, how does that work?
1: Yep. So every, the subscription is weekly and you can pause or skip at any time you can cancel. It's super easy. And every week we serve a new menu. Um. So You you get to eat something different so new entrees new salads different uh breakfast options we also you know carry other uh ready to eat retail products like different nut milks or or yogurt or cookies or kids meals things like that and so can you hear that in the background
0: I kind of can it's not bothering me
1: okay and and yeah it's it's so it's so simple and easy um I feel like we're we're going backwards to a simpler way of eating where most of the food space is like trying to come up with this new innovation and this new supplement that's going to cure everything for you it's like no we're just we're putting just real you know (laughs) food ingredients in a jar and we're delivering it to your door. And you know, the next week you just put your empty jars out on 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 the doorstep and we'll deliver your new stuff and we just keep keep doing that every week uh unless you you cancel at some point and then we'll just we'll pick everything up. So we like to say it's like the old school milkman. I know when I when I was growing up in Colorado, we used to get our milk delivered to our doorstep every week and we would just put the old gallon outside in this little box and every Thursday morning we have a fresh couple gallons in that
0: box I know doesn't like I just sometimes I think I'm like I don't understand how it seems like we've almost gone backwards like how did they used to make like these fancy cars that were like huge and and they did everything and like now we can't do that like it just seems like yeah, like the milkman thing, like they used to be able to do that. So why can't we do it anymore? And I I just think this is such a great, um, and it's healthy and it's like you said, sustainable. And like, to me, I know there's that battle between sustainable. Like some people say, well, we don't want to sustain what we're doing now. But to me, it's like, I, when I think it's sustainable, it's like sustaining our planet for life. Like we have healthy air, we have healthy food, we have healthy, clean water. You know, that's what I think of, but I, I know there's kind of a little debate out there. Like we don't want to sustain the status quo because what we're doing right now, isn't working to me. Sustainability is like sustaining our planet. So I don't know. Same. I think,
1: I uh, I don't think it's about sustaining the status quo. It's about sustaining like our what you said our our water our air our soil for so that future generations can can thrive as well and and we don't extract everything before they get here so i like
0: the way you guys are supporting local farmers too because you're sourcing from you're not like getting your like our produce gets shipped in from spokane and lord only knows where it comes from before it gets to spokane so like you said yeah it's already sitting like literally the restaurant manager gave me two bags of unopened salad the other day just to take home and just i think the other thing that's good about your business model is that you know ahead of time right because it's a subscription like they're ordering it ahead of time before you even buying your food right
1: yeah one of the most exciting things that we're able to do as we get bigger is to actually plan uh harvesting and planting schedules with farmers based off of what our menu will be um nice to do way more of that um you know as we as we get bigger i think supporting our
0: forget what are some of the entrees you guys are doing
1: Mm. let's see uh this week we have a buffalo cauliflower bowl that's going out um Mm. we have we do like a What's on the menu this week? Let me pull it up and I'll tell you. Last week we did this vegetable mole. So I think we have let me just, we have a tofu scramble next week. We've got a vegan clam chowder. Uh, this week we served up some tempeh mashers and cabbage. It's like a little bowl. Did a Thai green curry went out this week, there's just a lot of fun stuff like the Thai green curry is you know if you go to a, a Thai restaurant and you get their green curry. But there's so many different vegetables, depending on the season that you can make that make that dish with so you know we have hundreds of recipes, but we get so much more flexibility because you know, you can take the base of a dish, but you can make it three different ways depending on which vegetables you use, so
0: I, uh, it's just a lot of fun. (laughs) Oh my gosh, this is like my dream come true, like to have somebody cook tofu for me, and vegan (laughs) tempeh, like, because I'm not good at cooking tofu, and like the whole marinating it ahead of time, so it gets like extra flavor, and just Mm. I have dreamed about these things for years, like all through high school, I got vegetarian times magazine and just, and especially like my husband has no interest in eating any of that food. And so like, you know, cooking just for me, I just feel like, you know, I buy it and then I open the tofu and then half the package ends up going in the garbage or going bad or not in the garbage. It's going to end up going in the compost, but still like, and if you ever smelled rotting, like tofu oh my gosh the smell of that stuff when it goes bad is just awful i don't know just like having somebody cook like when i close my eyes and i'm like what could i dream about like somebody cooking me tempeh i don't even know i don't know there anywhere i could get tempeh cooked for me
1: (laughs) well that's the idea you know we just want to we know that everybody wants to eat healthy i mean everybody wants to be more sustainable right yes. I watch these documentaries or follow the influencers that say like we need to do things differently but it's like how the question is how how do I make time what do I even do like what's the right way and so that's what we're here for in this one domain of, of food we're supposed to solve that problem make it super easy for you okay
0: so my listeners are probably like when is jackie gonna ask are you a rock star millennial born between 1980 and 1995 i am yeah i'm 92 (laughs) i love that because i'm writing a book well (laughs) i keep trying to write a book called rock star millennial about the amazing people that i interview because you guys are the solution people like i feel like my generation gen x We've talked about all these problems, but we just haven't come up with the solutions and put them into place. And like, you guys are doing it. My problem is, I do these amazing interviews, and you guys sound so good. And then when I write it on paper, it just like I just it just falls flat. I can't seem to capture your guys' voices. So that's so cool. I've been trying to work on it, on but. So I think it's cool that you're calling us rock. I know. And like, I even had a publisher. She likes that. She's like, well, it sounds interesting and you need to do this. And then I took this class last year on ghostwriting. And the guy like helped me like fill in her whole submission form. And I have everything except for the sample chapters. And like, I pull them out. I have printed them. I've written like six sample chapters. And like, every time I look at them, i like, Oh my gosh, I wouldn't want to read this. Why would I like, I just can't find my voice, but I know because like, and I still hear, it's like funny. I, I, Transcribe podcasts like virtually for some people. And I hear these one HR guys I do, they bash millennials all the time. This one old white guy, and he's so funny. And he's just like, Yeah, he hates millennials. And I'm like, I love millennials. I think you guys are the best. Cause I feel it like, and I even just got off this phone call with this Greenpeace girl. um And she, she was awesome. But you know what? I do have another interview starting at in like nine minutes. So, um anything else you want to tell us that we haven't talked about or that i missed or man
1: not really uh it was great talking to you i love listening to you talk about your garden and i uh well and believe it or not
0: oh sorry go ahead
1: nothing if i can if i can help with anything just let me know i love what you're
0: doing Like words, I never thought I would utter, but I'm pretty sure I am going to go to Texas next April. If like, I am so in love with Magnolia, like Chip and Joanna from Fixer Upper. And they if 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 they can do it they host a half marathon in april and i am gonna try to come to waco and run in that half marathon in texas and like austin is on my list i keep telling my stepdaughter i'm like why don't you move to austin texas you like the heat you know it's such a groovy place like there's so many cool people there it's like one of the biggest hip growing towns in the United States. I'm like, you would fit in perfect. What are you doing here in Montana? You hate the cold. You don't really like camp, you know, like, I don't understand why she lives here. (laughs) Like I dreamed about moving to Montana my whole life growing up. And one of the best high school, her daughter's in high school my granddaughter and one of the best high schools in the whole United States is in Austin. So like, I was looking up like the top hundred high schools and like, it's in the top 20. And I was like, why don't you move to Austin? They have so many cool, you know, food, but, pla- and she loves to eat organic. She like makes me look like she buys like everything organic and healthy. And she's super into like the food movement. She loves music and dancing. And I'm just like, I don't know why you don't move to Austin. Tell so her to come on
1: down. I mean, there's, it is everything that you just said. I mean, there's tons of people moving here, so it's becoming a, a little bit unaffordable. The next Nashville, people, right? Yeah, well, I mean, I would, come on. I think we're better than Nashville. But Nashville I hear, is also <laughs> great. But, you know, there's just a lot of good things going on here, especially if you care about, you know, the environment or healthy food. There's just, you can live a really solid lifestyle down here in Austin. And if you don't mind the heat, then by all means, it's a great
0: place to live yeah and see i hate the heat but she hates the cold and like montana is like one of the toughest places to make a living there can possibly be especially we're in like the top most unemployed county in the state like not only is montana a hard place to make a living but like the county we live in is a super hard place to make a living and i just i just like you should anyway but uh yeah texas wake up i'm so in love with like because the meg because Chip and Joanna, they came out with the new Magnolia app, and you can watch. And like, I don't know if you know Erin from florette she's got a show on there, and it's just like the coolest thing. Now, I I've never been able to watch Fixer Upper all these years, and now I'm like somewhere in the middle of episode two, and just I I love those guys, and I want to go see the Silos and see Magnolia Market, and I want to go do that uh, half marathon with Chip. So
1: if you if you do come down here, let me know, and we'll definitely get you some jars. You're gonna need some pre and post marathon
0: fuel (laughs) you're right for sure and that is like (laughs) key. so well thank you so much for sharing with us today and remember everybody their website is prep to your door and if you don't live in texas now they're going to expand and hopefully they'll be coming to you uh, one of these soon days. So thank you so much for sharing with us and congratulations on your upcoming nuptials and your wedding and good. And I'm so thankful for your fiance who said no plastic Yes. and, um, and good luck with all you're doing and come back and give us an update next year or sometime in the spring.
1: Absolutely. I would love to. Thank you, Jackie. I'll love oh,
0: thank you so much. This was so fun talking to you.
1: Amazing. You too. Have a great day.
0: All right. Bye. Bye.